With the first day of summer upon us, just about here, thoughts, of course, are turning to summer break for students right across the uh, province. And as kids and the students get ready to say goodbye to the classroom, there is some growing concern when it comes to uh, learning loss. Learning loss due to the pandemic and, of course, all of this uh, lost time in the classroom and what sort of effect this has had on students moving forward, in particular, younger students. Here's member of the Ontario NDP, education critic Marit Stiles. She joins us up front here this morning to discuss this further. Marit, good afternoon. Appreciate your time as always. It's great to be here. Thanks. All right. Do we have a handle on uh, learning loss uh, exactly? Uh, you know, what has happened? What has occurred to students over the uh, last uh, couple of years? Do we have really good uh, data on this? Well, there are some experts uh, at various institutions, universities, and stuff who are looking at this and who are looking at some data that's available mostly in other jurisdictions, other countries. But we are also seeing some of that here. Uh, teachers, of course, are sharing what they're seeing on the front line. But we're also seeing some, um, some studies and data that indicates that there are uh, some lags, in, particularly in reading learning, uh, for our kids, our small kids. And then, of course, we're also, you know, hearing, as we all know, uh, about an increase in things like mental health and anxiety issues, uh, things like that. And how much of this is attributed to the fact that there has been so much virtual online learning the uh, last couple of years? And thinking, obviously, there's been a lot of talk, as you well know, about the, the lack of socialization that a lot of kids and a lot of students have had. Yeah, so, I mean, we know from uh, that teachers are finding, and we know from the data as well, that there is a greater lag, for example, in in reading learning, uh, reading levels for young kids who were uh, online versus in person for you know much of that time. There's been lots of other kinds of learning that are that have been delayed. We know kindergarten teachers are talking about you know kids having to they're having to spend a lot more time uh, teaching kids you know early sort of socialization skills even things like tying their shoelaces. And, and in some places where kids maybe haven't, you know, they have elevators to get to their apartments and they don't do a lot of stairs, actually even having to, to, to navigate staircases. So those sorts of things have taken time. They're really important. They're what lots of kids in kindergarten learn anyways, but we're finding that the kids are a little bit further behind there and that's taking time up for teachers as well. But, you know, I mean, the good news is that uh, we can we can address this, that our teachers are really excellent and our education workers are excellent in Ontario and they, they're getting a lot of, uh, they're supporting each other a lot in, in addressing some of these issues with our kids. But we do need to be doing more and we need to be taking some strong actions now, I believe, to make okay. sure that our children have a better chance. And I want to get to those actions in just a second. But before we leave kind of the data and what we've uh, found, I really want to key on and talk to you a little more about socialization and the lack thereof, because part of the data is suggesting, particularly for those younger students, maybe just coming into the school system, coming into kindergarten and grade one, the pandemic is really kind of all they've known. And uh, their younger kids are maybe lacking social skills. I mean, this is tough enough for adults. I was just talking to a friend over the weekend who went to a conference for the first time in two years and said, I've lost all my social skills, like just the ability to make a small talk. And you can only imagine the impact and the effect this has had on our younger students. Oh, absolutely. And and then that is the thing. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of the teachers again, is that, that there's that lack of opportunity that the kids have had to socialize. Um, even just things like being able to play with other children, you know, like outside of their family. 
so that they could actually learn some cooperation skills that you learn from play, playing games. Um, these are very basic things that you know we think of as just something you learn, you, you, we, we just have innately, but we don't. We have to learn those things. And we learn them through play when we're little. We learn them through, uh, certainly through our family and friends, but but not having that ability to be with a lot of other children and interacting with them, um, what we're hearing is that has delayed a lot of those skills. Now, again, teachers, education workers in our classrooms are really expert at a lot of this, but they are saying that they need more support, more time to be able to make sure that those kids can catch up on those things because those those skills are really super important. And also, one of the other things I think is really interesting is they're talking about kids, you know, maybe delaying taking on certain challenges. You know, again, like we want kids who are willing to 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 accept challenges, to take a little risk, you know, try new things. Like that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And so what we're concerned about is what the longer term implications are of maybe um, being a little bit slower in catching up on some of these things. All right. You talked a moment ago about action. What sort of tangible action would you like to see, would the NDP like to see from uh, the incoming uh, Conservative government? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we talk a lot about smaller class sizes, and I still think that's absolutely key. Um, the, the smaller class sizes allows teachers to spend more one-on-one time. It's really crucial. Um, we are actually seeing right now staff shortages. We're actually seeing, seeing teachers laid off and other education workers laid off in our system. And, and that's a problem because uh, what we wanted to get to is having more of those adults, those skilled people in our schools, smaller class sizes, so kids get more one-on-one attention. That would be really important. I mean, the government, at the last minute before the election, kind of threw together some plans for, you know, tutoring programs and things like that. But a lot of that money that got boards are under pressure to spend it early on. So I, I would like to see long-term significant um, plans for the next few years at least uh, with additional resources for um, for social workers, mental health professionals in our schools, uh, certainly more teachers and other education workers. Every single kindergarten class should have an early childhood educator in it, no matter what size of classroom that is. Uh, these are the kinds of things that they could be doing right now, and it's urgent, right? The longer we wait, the more long-term impact, negative impact there will be. As you well know, of course, the contracts are set to expire August 31st and many teachers unions uh, wanting uh, talks uh, to pick up again uh, with the uh, Ford government as uh, this August 31st uh, deadline uh, looms. Uh, We talked to uh, one union leader uh, last week uh, here on the program. Uh, How concerned are you or how confident are you that uh, some sort of settlement when it comes to these contracts are going to be reached in time for the new school year? Well, I wish I was confident that the government um, would move quickly on that. But past experience has not been great. I mean, let's not forget, before we hit the pandemic, we, we were on picket lines. I mean, education workers were out on picket lines uh, across this province because the government wanted to lay off 10,000 education workers, teachers, you know. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not holding out a lot of hope that this government is going to prioritize that. And this is a problem because what we don't want to see is, um, is further disruption in learning, right? Our kids have had a rough time. Actually, our education workers, our teachers, and others have had a really rough time, too. I would like to see the government come to the table uh, with a lot of respect uh, and understand how important it's going to be to get a, a good deal done quickly. 
We understand that uh, Doug Ford will name his cabinet at the end of this week. Uh, do you have a sense whether Stephen Lecce will continue on as education minister? Uh, do you have a, an opinion on that at all, uh, Mart? Whether or not, uh, because obviously there's been a contentious relationship between the education minister, Minister Lecce, and uh, a lot of the teachers and teachers uh, union. Do you think that uh, we maybe need a change in that file and that portfolio? I think it would be a good sign for uh, an opportunity and a sign for. Uh, that for teachers and other education workers going into bargaining, if there was a, a change in, in leadership at the Ministry of Education, I, I think that the last round of negotiations, I mean, Mr. Lecce barely showed up at all, and I think that sent a really poor message to folks. So I'd like to see some change there. I think they would, too. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, the ball is in Mr. Ford's court. This is entirely his decision to make. And uh, I, I, I wish I had more inside information. I don't, but I certainly hope that he signals some kind of positive change there. All right. Uh, since it's just post-election here, can you update us on uh, your party, the Ontario NDP? Of course, Andrea Horvath, yeah. we know, stepped down uh, right after the uh, election. Uh, what's going on with the party? Well, of course, you know, we're, we're sad to see um, Andrea step down. The party right now is in the process of deciding on, uh, you know, what the leadership process uh, will look like and uh, in selecting an interim leader to step in until uh, a permanent leader is, is named. And uh, they're literally meeting in the next week or so, so we should have more information soon. All right. There's a lot of talk, of course. I would not be doing my job, Mart, if I did not ask you about your level of interest in the uh, leadership of the Ontario NDP. Where are you at uh, with that? Well, you know, I'm I'm seriously considering it, and I've been talking to a lot of people. I mean, my family, obviously, but, but also reaching out to members of the party, uh, folks that... Um, uh, I think who I, who I, whose opinion I really value and, and talking to people in my community too, because I want to make sure that if I do do this, that I do it with open eyes and, and for all the right reasons. And that, um, and I, and I've, I've got to say, I'm having a good, getting good reception. Uh, but again, I'm going to be waiting to see, you know, how things shape up on the um, uh, provincial council side and, and then uh, making a decision in the next few months. All right, I was about to ask you, so the timeline is the next couple of months, next 60 days, you'll know whether or not uh, you want to run? I, I think so. You know, I, I'm certainly not going to rush it, but I, I do also know that, you know, we we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do to uh, take on this government, uh, to hold them accountable, and to be ready uh, in the next four years for the next election. All right, Mart, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for this this afternoon, and we will uh, talk again. Great talking to you. Thanks so much. All right. Member of the Ontario NDP, possibly, maybe, who knows, the next leader of the Ontario NDP. There is a Mart Stiles with us. And we're back after a break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.